Acts 22. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this, then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him! He's not fit to live! As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen? who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do? He asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship, but I was born a citizen, Paul replied. 
those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Today's devotional is written by Josh Dillingham and read by Dave Ellis. Paul stands before a Jewish crowd that's baying for his blood and shares his testimony. His audience can't accept the extraordinary things he is saying and so revolt. To keep the peace, the Romans step in and detain Paul. Fortunately, Paul's Roman citizenship qualifies him to receive a fair trial. We are fascinated with hearing people's real stories. Last year, autobiographies made up three of the top five best-selling books on Amazon and sold over 2.5 million copies in the UK. Real stories touch us and inspire us in a way few things do. My wife and I recently brought some friends to church. They're not Christians and were honestly fairly sceptical about the whole thing. During the service, we heard the testimony of a man who had had his life transformed by Jesus. On leaving, we asked them what they thought. They said, I'm still not sure about any of this, but hearing that man's story has made me feel like there might be something to this after all. Paul knew the incredible value in just sharing your story. He doesn't try to convince this crowd with clever theological arguments or a well-executed three-point sermon. He simply shares his story. He describes his life before Jesus. He describes the moment he met Jesus. And he describes the difference he's made in his life since. You might not have a road to Damascus moment like Paul, but you still have a story. A story that is a testament to God's incredible love and grace in your life. Know your story and share your story. Welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. Become aware of the intense love that the Father feels for you. Take a moment to reflect on your own story. Where were you at when you first met Jesus? What exactly was it about Jesus that drew you in? How is your life different as a result now? Thank God for those key moments in your story and for his grace. Ask God to draw to your attention anyone he is prompting you to share your story with.
Let's finish with prayer. God, we thank you that whilst we were still a long way off, you pursued us. Would you continue to write your story in each of us, that our lives would be a living testament to your goodness and love? Would you use our story to bring glory and honour to your name?